social media Everybody, this is Sam Oser, your unconventional journalist, reporting on the movements that fight back Saturdays at 1.30 here at All Real Radio. Why is it still hot outside? <laughs> I mean, like, I'm I'm ready. I have the pumpkin spice at home from my coffee and my tea. Uh, I am a pumpkin spice basic bitch. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think it's delicious. Um, but I'm not going to go to like Starbucks to get it because I don't like the way their burnt coffee tastes. Um, speaking of good coffee, Trey Brew, our uh, flagship coffee from our flagship show hosted by Denise and Risky Monday through Friday in the mornings. And also speaking of which, a happy birthday to Denise. Uh, those of you listening and who tune into it. Um, IT, the generation, music generation of a Gen Xer, we will be on later celebrating Denise, so you should tune in. Uh, so I have two things for you. First of all, I'm starting early because I do have uh, my little baby cousin's birthday party to get to. Um, and this will be short because, like I said, I have my little baby cousin's birthday to get to. The two things we're going to cover real quick is some shenanigans with HISD. They're trying to fire a teacher who is a longtime teacher and longtime community advocate. And I went to the mayor forum today on a public transportation hosted by Link Houston, Air Alliance, and there were a few others, Bike Houston as well. Um, so we're going to recap that. So enjoy a little bit of music and then we'll get right back into it.
All right. So first of all, um, we're going to be talking about Larry McKenzie, the HISD teacher and longtime community advocate that has been um, going on. <laughs> he's He's been in the Houston School District for over a decade. He's been a community advocate for even longer than that. Um, and he is under threat of getting fired. So the way it worked is the board requested this hearing to fire Larry. Okay, so the board, so, okay, keep in mind, again, this is not elected officials. This is an appointed board of managers by TEA, the Texas Education Agency. Um, so someone from admin, the HR, uh, met with the superintendent, and they agreed that they needed to fire Larry. They took an internal process to fire him, presented it to the board in a closed meeting. They gave him a letter of termination. Larry appealed it, and the TEA, the agency, gave them a judge. The judge will issue a ruling by early October and give an opinion on if the board has a good cause as defined by the board. Um, so they've been in hearings uh, for it this week. So even if the judge says there is not a good cause to fire Larry, the board can still overturn it. Then if it appeals, it goes back to the Texas Education Agency, Mike Miles, which appointed the board to begin with. So if they appeal it and TA is like, I'm still going to fire Larry, Larry can go back again, but we're not sure what happens after the TEA. So basically, the Texas Education Agency replaced elected officials with an appointed board. This appointed board, through the superintendent, is firing Larry McKenzie. And uh, now, whenever they get their ruling and hearing, the board can still decide whether or not they're going to fire him. And they can decide to fire him. And then the Texas Education Agency will be like, oh, well, we're going to appeal it and look at it. This decision's not right. And they'll probably... <laughs> back the board that they put in place, right? So that's democracy in action, y'all. So this past Monday, the National United Black Front hosted a community rally for him. Uh, and they raised, uh, whenever I left, they had raised $700 for Larry. And there were people who spoke on his behalf. So uh, Travis McGee, he is a Sunnyside resident, he, this is what he said, well, part of what he said. Uh, Travis says, Larry never got the respect or support from unions or his peers. It is time that we support the people who support us. Larry was with us in 2018 till 1 a.m. when they were dragging us out of the board meeting. Larry has been showing up even when he was in court speaking up for other teachers. So Larry, like I said, has been a longtime community advocate while he's been a teacher. He's also very much against the school takeover. His kids have experienced school closures, and he is in this community where the takeover of public schools is happening. So to be speaking and doing this work as a teacher in the same district you're in, I mean, that's, that's something, right? There was another teacher that had come in and spoke during this community rally. Her name's Bianca. She said, thank you for what you have done. You've inspired a new group of teachers and I'm carrying the torch. We're speaking up and I'm already being harassed and we're not gonna stop. 
Um, yeah. So Larry ended up saying that he challenges everyone to speak to the teachers in the community. They need communities speaking up for them because the teachers are afraid. Uh, Larry says, when I said what I said at the board meeting, it was June 15th. My contract had ended with them on June 2nd. I will continue to fight. And if doing what is right makes me wrong with them, then I'll be wrong with them. I'm serious. I'll keep fighting. We cannot allow what they are doing to our kids. The time right now is to fighting is fighting time. The program hasn't changed. It's been going on since the time of Crow. I need us to fight whatever I get and I give it to you. I'll use it to fight. I've been let go in HRSD and then I came back and started working. What are they going to do that they aren't already doing? So that was Larry. And like I said, the board requested this hearing to fire Larry because of superintendent in HR. The board will receive the judge's decision and decide if that's what the board wants to do. Any appeal from the decision will go to the TEA, the agency that already supports the board. Democracy in action, y'all. And if you can't detect my sarcasm, there's a lot of sarcasm there. That is not <laughs> democratic at all. Demo the, in, in a basic democracy, there's checks and balances, but the checks and balances in this are the people already in power. So, and just in case you did not know, they are really bringing down the hammer. Um, HISD is... So there is this uh, NES system, the new education system that's being implemented by state appointed superintendent Mike Miles. Um, and <laughs> so Mike Miles was the one who initiated uh, the firing of Larry McKenzie. Um, and this NES is a model including tightly scripted lessons, student engagement strategies every four minutes, and time quizzes at the end of each class. In faculty meetings, HISD staffers were told to affirm their commitment to the reforms or to request a transfer by the end of weekend. Two teachers who asked questions during the meeting were told they were being fired for alleged insubordination. So they were in this faculty meeting talking about this NES system, about how these teachers were going to get scripted. And then just for asking questions, they were fired. Um, they are in the process of that, right? Like I said, there is an internal process that they have to go through. So I am hoping that these teachers will also do what Larry McKenzie's working on right now, which is appealing it, getting a judge, going through a hearing, and so on and so forth. Um, I haven't been to an HISD school board meeting in a minute, and I think I am going to start going back to them because they are just like, you know what, we're just going to fire all these teachers who weren't listening. <laughs> and that's, that's pretty screwed up. Um, the most screwed up thing too is like, you know, in 2018, when we all got, well, not we all got, but some people got arrested for being anti-school takeover at this HISD board meeting, the elected officials would at least let kids speak whenever they had their turn on the public mic. Um, if time was up, the kids would still be able to speak because they're kids. They're finding their voice. They may not be able to be in time. That's fine. 
Well, um, last week, the appointed board of managers, there was a kid speaking to them for public comment, ran out of time, and they just shut off the kid's mic. <laughs> they said, screw you, kid. <laughs> they didn't actually say that. Um, but by just like turn it, like they didn't even give this kid a chance to, to finish what they were saying. Um, so between teachers getting fired for just speaking up and asking a question in a faculty meeting, Larry McKenzie, who was out of his contract date when he spoke up against the takeover, um, which he has been for years anyway, he's a community advocate. There's a, the, the situation at HISD is getting a, a lot, a lot worse very, very quickly. So... Um, something to pay attention to. If it is something you want to get involved in, I do encourage you to follow Houston CVPE. Again, that's Houston CVPE. They do frequently hold protests, petitions, uh, teach-ins. So I do encourage you to get with that group um, if you are concerned about public school takeovers and don't want education to be privatized which it should not be. I do plan on writing an article about this just to make sure it's documented, and I will be following Larry's case and see if there's any other cases coming out of these other teachers who are getting fired for asking questions in a faculty meeting about this new model that's going to give them a script. So we're going to take a very quick music break, and then we're going to go straight into recapping the mayoral forum that happened this morning. Do short music break. I got a, I got a birthday for my baby cousin to go to. Um, okay, so I went to a mayor forum on public transportation. I don't. Oh God, I hate going to um, electoral forums. I'm really over interviewing candidates, uh, mayor, state legislature, whatever candidate. I'm, I'm really, I'm really over it. I, I just am. Um, but the reason I decided to go to this forum, it's specifically uh, Houston candidates running for mayor, and the topic was public transportation, is because public transportation is not just a Houston issue. Whatever Houston decides, uh, it will affect Harris County and Galveston County um, because public transportation is public. 
It's interconnectedness. It's about connecting people. And while it would be great to have a very robust public transportation system and walkability and bike lanes within the loop, we do have to remember that there is a life outside of the loop that also needs connecting to. So the reason besides that, the bigger picture of public transportation outside of Houston, my greatest concern with public transportation is the unintended issue of the cost of living. So Boston is rated the best public transportation in the US and has a 61.8% higher cost of living than Houston. That is from salary.com. New York, another great one with public transportation, 45% higher cost of living than Houston. Chicago, 18.8% higher, right? So when we think of public transportation, we also need to keep in mind the reality that it's going to increase our cost of living and make it unaffordable for people already here. In Houston, there is this big, very big push for gentrification that is happening. The city changes within a few months. <laughs> um, it just does. And it's pushing out generations of people. Uh, you know, the original freedmen families, they're getting pushed out through gentrification. And I was hoping, I was hoping there was going to be a section where we could uh, ask public questions, like the public could go up and ask. The moderator was a Houston public media person, and there was already questions curated for the forum, which you know, the, I'm sure the candidates got to look at ahead of time, blah. But if there was a public piece of it where I could have gone up and asked a question, I would have asked them, I would have told them these numbers and asked them what their policy plan is to maintain affordability in Houston. Because like I said, it's already shit in here. So there were two rounds of candidates that got questions. The first round, it was Galen Caldwell, Robert Gallegos, John Whitmire, Robin Williams, David Lowy, and Gilbert Garcia. The second one, uh, second round was... Um, Julian Martinez, uh, MJ Khan, and Jack Christie. So the overall themes of these groups. <laughs> so, in, uh, okay, so the very first question that each of these groups were asked was related to traffic deaths and safety. And in each round, the all the candidates talked about enforcing current rules and safety. When I hear the word enforcing, it immediately brings up more police in my brain, right? Because in these people's minds, who's doing the enforcing? HPD. And uh, HPD already has an inflated budget. That's why so many different parts of our infrastructure is suffering because all the damn money is going to this one department. Um, so I was really hoping that there would be at least one candidate that would say, that would address the systemic issue of our public transportation and how that's related to death. 
uh, traffic deaths, but not a single one addressed that. They did not. Um, so all these candidates, I just want you to know, are pro-policing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, hold on. I'm pulling up. I did post all of like while I was in this thing I was on Twitter posting and if you are on Twitter I am at Sam the mullet I'm sorry excuse me I mean x because <laughs> it's called x now not Twitter whatever um uh, da, 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 da. so the audience I want this is a something I was able to recognize when there was the break between uh, the rounds of candidates. The audience was mostly millennials and some Gen X, but I'm going to tell you, it was quite white in there. There were some black and brown folks, you know, there, there was, but really it was very white. Um, and I couldn't help but to wonder how many folks in there were state transplants, like out-of-state transplants. Um, because that is something that Houston is facing as well. Um, one of the questions that both rounds of, uh, candidates were asked was, what is your favorite way to get around Houston? I was hoping that they would be honest so far. You know, everybody seemed honest. They said that they drove, uh, Jack Christie said he loves his Lexus. Okay, cool. Uh, Robin Williams said that she likes taking bus, but, uh, I just want you to know that she did park her car right next to mine. <laughs> we were paying for parking at the same time. So yeah, that's just, you know, interesting. Um, there were some themes of going into rebuilding Houston whenever they were talking about. Uh, when they finally started getting into re redesigning the infrastructure, uh, some candidates would talk about rebuilding Houston. And I just uh, another real red flag, rebuild, revitalize, rejuvenate. These are all red flag words for gentrification. Communities deserve revitalization, but it must be equitable without displacement. And that's just something that isn't taken into account when we talk about this topic, when we talk about revitalizing communities, when we talk about public transportation, no one thinks about the inevitable gentrification that comes with it. Um, because I, I wish I had an answer that was two sentences long. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going through my, my little notes, my little notes. Um, so in my little notes, uh, one of the questions or one of the main themes that candidates kept saying, which ugh, annoyed me as well, um, candidates tended to focus on individual issues versus the systemic issue of public transportation. So many of them would say would encourage people to get involved on the metro board or get involved in boards in general that's great and all but these boards are not accessible to working folks they're not accessible to the working class who would be using this public transportation day in and day out um like that's why when you look at these boards <laughs> that is why 
it's mostly corporate representatives on there right now because it is inaccessible. And when every time a candidate says, like, just get on a board and make change happen, to me, it really signals uh, they, their disconnect from the community that they serve. Uh, da, 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 da. They did talk about uh, the Houston Galveston Council and TechDot uh, as part of part of the forum, um, which made me happy because, again, the reason I went there is because it's not just about Houston. Why not connect the whole damn coast from Houston to Galveston? There should be a speed rail. There should be a speed rail. And then there should be some trains in between so people can stop into the little suburbs that are there. God, that would be really nice. I will say, so uh, on Twitter, I was bitching about how, you know, there was a focus on individual versus systemic. And John Whitmire, he was the very first to say that they needed to do a redesign based on public input, which drove me nuts. This is the same guy who wants to bring 200 state troopers (laughs) to Houston because apparently there isn't enough police. So, yeah. Um, so overall, I hated it. <laughs> um, okay, no, I, I didn't hate it. Uh, it was a very well put together event. I appreciated the coffee and the noms, the nom noms. And I am, uh, have one of my baby cousins in tow with me today. So there was a room for kids to color and I appreciated that because I was a little nervous so shout out to Link Houston Air Alliance and such for thinking about that because um, that is very much community care um what else da, da, da. but those were oh my god okay also uh Robin Williams who is a cop was like where's all the money going <laughs> She asked that at one point. Uh, she was like, where's the money for this? And it's like, baby, baby you're, you're a cop. You should know that all the money is tied up into the police inflated budget. You should know that. Um, electric self-driving cars kept coming into the conversation. It was the Willy Wonka dude. I had forgotten his name. Uh, it turns out his name was David Lowey. Um, Lori Lowey. Um, and he is the one who really advocated for self-driving cars. And while that's great and all, that still doesn't change the system of prioritizing people over cars. Self-driving cars maintains the current system of cars over people, which is not the point. It's not the point. So I I did not like that self-driving cars kept coming into the conversation. Electric stuff, you know, sure, that makes perfect sense. But self-driving cars is not it because they can still run over bikers. Mm-hmm. Let's see. John Whitmire also talked about the two Houstons, one poor community not able to access Metro and the other that has money that gets access. Um, And again, this is where I would have loved to ask 
okay, cool, you get the point. What policy are you going to put in to prevent gentrification, prevent further disparities between these two communities? Um, but I wasn't moderating, so, you know, I didn't get to ask that. Um, let's see. That's that's it. Um, the the main themes from this mayoral forum, what that that really were red flags for me, was the theme of enforcement, uh, bringing more cops to reinforce, um, to enforce safety, <laughs> which is just like a misnomer. Um, there was very little awareness on individual responsibility versus systemic responsibility periodically uh, they would discuss redesign as a whole i will say gilbert garcia and john whitmire uh, and mj khan were i think in my opinion the best at articulating some sort of redesign um in in the system systemic thing um but yeah, that's that's it. Otherwise, I mean, would I vote for any of these people? No. I'm also not a Houston resident, so thank God I don't have to. Um, but it's just, yeah. I'm really curious to see what comes out of the public transportation talk for the Houston city. Because like I said, the reason I went is because like like I said I'm not I'm not a Houston uh, resident I'm, I'm not the reason I went to this is because public transportation decisions for a city of that size will impact Harris County and more than likely Galveston County um, so that is why I decided to go and forever on my mind is the cost of living when we bring in public transportation into the conversation. Because, like I said earlier, <laughs> Boston has one of the best public transportation systems in the U.S., but it is 61.8% higher cost of living than Houston. So I think it's very hard to have this conversation about public transportation without also considering cost of living equability or equitable I don't know, man. I'm tired. All right. So that's all I got for you guys today. If you are just now catching the end of this piece, you can look up Unconventional Journalist wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it again. I will be writing on the HISD teacher, Larry McKenzie, longtime community advocate against the takeover, and the appointed board is coming for him. Um, and that's, that's what I've got today. I hope you guys have a lovely day. Stay cool. And man, when that first breeze of cold weather just like hits me, it's going to be so delicious. I am longing for that moment. Um, yeah. Anyway, I hope you guys have a good one. Toodles. Yeah. Solid as a rock. That's what the stomping ground, the community is all about. <laughs> it is. It is. If we can't.
never been tested. I'd like to think that if I was, I would pass. Look at the tested and prepare before the grace go on. Might be a coward, I'm afraid of one. 